0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Mongols podcast in association with Roughneck Scarves. I am not Mike. I am Kevin. With me is Josh and our special guest, former Hound, but current Charlotte Independent center back, Hugh Roberts. Very happy he is on the show tonight. We talk to Hugh about life at his new club and the upcoming Charlotte game. And Josh and I talk about the Open Cup win against the Dayton Dutch Lions and the Memphis game that never was. I think that's a great question. Now we gotta get into the dirty. So oh,
1: cool. yes. oh, Nico Bradley yes. scores! Yes. Oh. Scored. A spectacular oh. goal! If it leaves they can kill it, the Riverhounds are on the verge of a home victory tonight.
0: So no Steel City SC discussion this week. Um the team are gearing up for their first match uh, of the season. Uh, away at Hershey. and uh, it's weird to say away at Hershey when Hershey <laughs> feels. How how far away is
1: Hershey Drive from Pittsburgh? It's been a while. It's a while. I mean it's it's like I, I think at least a couple hours if I remember right. I, well, that's something. Honestly yeah, I've never sure. gone to Hershey from Pittsburgh so I don't know uh but I feel like. Not even at the chocolate park? No I've never been. I've never. We had Cedar Point in Ohio. Why would I go to Hershey? That's true. Yeah that's that's very true. Um so hopefully they get
0: the win uh this week and uh we, you know, we're, we're going to try to get someone on to talk about uh, talk to them next week um, about their reaction to this previous match, a.k.a. the one coming up on Saturday at Hershey, and before their first home game, uh, June first at Ellis. Um, so, you know, we'll keep reminding and putting that out there, but uh, put it on the calendar, June first, get down to Ellis, watch the City FC in the home opener. But let's jump into it. Um, the let's let's we'll, we'll we'll talk about Memphis in a bit. But let's go chronologically in order and uh, and talk about the Open Cup game, which the Hounds won 3-0 over the Dayton Dutch Lions, uh, sponsored by, hey, there we go. <laughs> I was going to say, sponsored by Coca-Cola. I mean, is there a story behind that? I noticed how the Dayton Dutch Lions had Coca-Cola as a shirt sponsor. I was like, surely they just like printed that or like email them like hey can we just <laughs> just print that no, I'm you don't sure even have to give something. us money yeah yeah you can we just put it on our jerseys that seemed a little i, I a feel little like odd.
1: like getting sponsorship like pretty much is just one of those things where you like you, you call and ask and get put like in on a, on a list of like people's potential sponsors and they yeah. have like a set amount that they use for like different type of you know outreach and they're like oh yeah sure we have money in the account right now for sponsorships still so you, you get a sponsor yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I guess, um, but that was on Tuesday, and uh, at Highmark. Um, Josh, I mean, the how? How did how, how do you think the game went? I mean, how do you think the mighty Coca Cola Dayton <laughs> Dutch Lions went? mean, because so personally, I thought you know, and, and we'll get into the details here, but I think I think the overall shape of the game for me, um, yeah, we win three nil. But looking back on it, I think we looked a little nervy up until like sixty minutes, and I, I don't know how much of that is. Um, us not being head and shoulders superior to Dayton Dutch Lions, or us just fielding a set of players that have never played together
1: who haven't played much this season and all that kind of stuff. Where's your head at? I do think it's a little bit of that. I mean, it was exactly like we had all of our starters out there. But at the same time, I do think the biggest issue was the fact that we weren't able to score against them uh, the whole first half. And I feel like as soon as we get that PK, which I think saved us, I think that PK made it so we had the goal, so they had to uh, loosen up and actually try to attack more. And at that point, we were able to get behind the defenses and just score more goals. Um, if it wasn't for that PK, uh, yeah, I think they would have been packing it in the back a lot more the whole time, and would have been one of those games where, you see a lot in the Open Cup, where it kind of just goes to a 0-0 uh, draw after extra time, and then it uh, goes into uh, PKs. Well, and like
0: leading up to the PK too, I, thought, if I if I remember correctly, they had a pretty big chance against us and and pack came out with a big save the new goalkeeper pack i say pack because i don't know his first name i'll just keep saying pack um <laughs> it's
1: austin austin pack go. Uh, yeah it, it's it's it, actually he he was a Played pretty well yeah yeah so we're over in the paul child stand and it, it's hard to see when he, the first half because he was on the other side of the field but the second half watching him play was really cool and uh uh, he had some attitude. It was an attitude I haven't seen from a goalkeeper in a while. Uh yeah. when it came to the PK against us, uh he was talking, you know, some some shade to uh the the kicker before he kicked. And then after yeah, did the you kicker catch missed any of it. That? What? Did you catch any of that? Like what was I like, mean, what was happening? It was just like kinda like just getting in his head. I I couldn't hear specific words, but you can definitely see him like talking to him and like kind of psyching him out a little bit. And then when it did come to the kick and he missed it, you know, shanked it to the right, uh, just like ran up to him pretty much. He's just like, yeah, well, yeah. How's that? Yeah. it's just (laughs) like, that's, that's fun. I like this. (laughs) I know it. Like on one
0: hand, I absolutely loved it and want every single one of our players to get more of like, An attitude about themselves in in a way like that, and on the other hand, it kind of
1: felt like a senior in high school bullying like a sixth grader. I mean, (laughs) let's be fair. As far as this moment, it was a third string keeper for a USL team (laughs) beating what I assume is their first string, you know, uh, League Two team. Which, yes, that's there are some nuances there, but I don't feel like the disparity between the two is that huge. Right.
0: Um, talking a little bit about the lineup, um, I'll, I'll pass over uh, the defense. I mainly want to talk about um, Brett in this game along with, uh, excuse me, the the midfielders. Um, so, I mean, Robbie Mertz gets a start, as we all expected. Um, so does Velarde and uh, Kasai. And then he moves Ryan James in the midfield um, and then puts Nico Brett up top. Um, I, I guess first and foremost, how do you think... James did in the midfield I thought he was surprisingly good I mean I think you know we talked to him in the preseason and I think even on the press release when we signed him he he was put down as he's he's versatile he can play in the midfield and uh yeah I mean I I saw enough of him here where I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more of him in the midfield what do you think
1: yeah I mean I can see that At the same time I'm also kind of hesitant to to form any conclusive you know thoughts on their abilities since we were playing Dane Dutch Lions I mean it's it's not exactly like a caliber of opponent that we would see in the USL. So, really? well, in the championship, I should say, um, it, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard, but yeah, I thought he did good for like that game and he, against those opponents, he, he was doing great. So uh, it was interesting also to see, uh, Mertz and all those guys get to start. Uh, I thought Mertz was pretty cool. I mean, he, he seemed to be like, his heart was there and his passion and he was, he was fighting for everything. Um, man, is that guy short? <laughs> he, like, especially when he's Sh- compared to the rest of our team. Like, our team is a very tall team. So when yeah. he's out there, I'm like, ooh, he he is a short guy. Short to the point where you think it might be, like, a detriment to
0: his play? Or do you, do you think he, like, plays short? Like, oh, yeah, he's... Like, do you do you really notice it, or is he like messy short, like obviously, like in the sense where it doesn't matter?
1: You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I wouldn't say messy short. And I I don't think I saw him getting knocked around a lot, so it, it didn't seem to be a, that big of a detriment. It's just right. a visual, like, wait, what type of situation? Right. And honestly, I don't think it's a big big deal because I, I we make this comment about other teams all the time. It seems like there's always like one or two players on the other team that are just super short, so yeah. it's not uncommon to see, especially in championship.
0: Yeah, I thought he had the technical chops to uh to kind of hang with the with the game pretty well. Um I I don't think he was like a shining star for me, but I I didn't think he disgraced himself either. Um yeah. with uh James uh he was the captain. Um do you find that a little weird with the likes of, you know, Nico Brett and, and Toby Adewale
1: on the field? I would if it was a a more common situation, if it happens more often, but I I I do think, you know, if you have Adewale on there. I I would think Adewale would probably get it over uh, James. Uh, But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. It's the open cup. So I I can't really take anything to mean much in the open cup as far as the starting lineup or or the captain. Right. Um, Man of the match, I thought,
0: I don't know. I I thought Velarde, he had moments where he kind of sloppily gave the ball away. But I think at least for me, I think, you know, I'm kind of putting Velarde in the same class as Nico and Toby in the sense of being, like, senior members of the squad, in quotation marks, i.e., you know, he's getting game time. Yes. He's getting game time in the regular mm-hmm. season and all that kind of stuff. You would expect him to, to flourish, and I, and I think he did. I think there was large portions of the game where, for me, Velarde was the best player on the field, and uh, when he gets his goal, I think he sets up Nico's goal. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought Velarde had a really good game.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Velarde did too. I I'm half tempted to give it to Brett, but at the same time, the fact that you know the the goal situation in the first half and how it went, and I was just kind of like wondering what was up with our offense the whole first half. So it's kind of hard for me to be completely positive about all that. But yeah, I I, I think I would go with you though with Florida. He he is the person who we said at the very beginning of the year that the, the one that we were looking out for the most and kind of like excited to see what he had to offer and I haven't been disappointed so far.
0: Well, so wrapping it up, the win means that we have a home and away series with Indy 11 next week, playing them at Highmark on Wednesday, May 29th, and then Saturday, June 1st. Double um, Doubleheader. Double header against Indy 11. I haven't had, I haven't kept an eye on how Indy's doing this season. Um, so I'm sure we'll kind of bring you, bring you that in the coming weeks as we, as we prep, prep for that game. Um, we're going to take a break now. Uh, talk to our special guest in which we'll kind of you'll figure out who it is soon enough i'm not going to tell you and then we'll jump back in and talk about the Memphis game here in a second so the hounds are back home this weekend to face charlotte independence returning to pittsburgh we've been teasing all week who's our special liked guest with the uh returning to pittsburgh this week is the is one of the independent star players one of our favorite people center (laughs)
2: back hugh roberts
0: hugh welcome to the show
2: Thank you for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be back on it.
0: So how's life in Charlotte? And tell us all the reasons why it's not
2: as good as Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Life's been good. I uh, live in the city now, kind of like right near uptown. I live by myself down here, so it's been nice. Um, I live kind of like a young area. So I really don't even drive my car anywhere. I just park my car. And there's some, um, I don't know if you guys heard of the birds and the limes and some of those uh, scooters that have been around. So we have those here. I drive those scooters pretty much everywhere. There's, you know, some bars, local, it's a lot of good outdoor bars out here because of the weather and stuff. So it's been nice. I've been enjoying it.
0: What, those are the scooters that you can kind of literally just like ditch anywhere, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Literally. Pay <laughs> so cool. A minute and you just ride everywhere. It's like so cheap, way cheaper than an Uber. And as long as the weather's good, pretty much everyone does it. You'll see people in the morning with their full of suits on and suitcases and everything. <laughs>
0: So, like before game day, is there just like eighteen scooters outside the stadium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so you guys have had uh, some decent results uh, recently. You drew with uh, the Rowdies, which is something the Hounds couldn't do at the beginning of the season, and uh, you drew against Nashville. Um, feels like a lot of the Hounds, um, a lot of draws in that sense. Uh, so, how's how's the how's the squad responding to that so far this season?
2: Um, I mean, we've been optimistic. You know, we've only won one game. It's been a very, very slow start. But I mean, we have a new coach, a new system. This is the most. We have a lot of talent on this team. A lot of talent from top to bottom. I'm the, probably one of the least talented players here. So we just know that at some point we just have to stay focused, and it's gonna turn around. We're the results – Like I said, the results haven't been going our way, and but every single game, even though we've been unfortunate, a lot of results, we're still optimistic and still fighting. So been a slow start, but we're still trucking along everyone's still positive pretty much everyone's still laughing having fun They're still enjoying it
0: how much of that like do you take like for personal responsibility being one of I don't know I, I imagine I and mean, you could tell me I'm different here I imagine you being one of the leaders in the squad based off of your personality and experience and all that kind of stuff even though you're new into Charlotte um, but with the likes of of you know you just talked about the new coach and all that kind of stuff how much of that do you take as a personal responsibility to make sure everyone's still
2: upbeat and all that kind of stuff even even in the run of, of a lot of draws Yeah, I mean, personally, since I've been here in preseason, we only had nine guys in preseason for a full month. So from the get go, I've been trying to, you know, make sure we've all been on the same page. But not just me. We have, like I said, there's a lot of talent here. So I'm still like the third or fourth youngest on the team, which is cool in a sense. But like, there's a lot of veterans on here. But everyone's humble enough where you can talk to everybody. So since I've been here, you know, one of the center backs, Steve, is 33 years old. He's been playing for 14 years now from France and everything. I mean, we talk on the daily, but he's still humble enough where I can talk to him because the USL is different at the end of the day and that's where I kind of feel like we've been off to a slow start because a lot of these guys may have, you know, underestimated the USL a little bit and now we're starting to see. So they come to me, per se, because I've been here for six years now and I know a good amount of the team. So they still respect me because I've been, you know, doing my thing a little bit in the league. So, you know, just to... You know, have some years under my belt is nice, but again, like I said, there's a lot of veteran guys here. But we're all pretty much vocal, and we're all having our own players' meeting sometimes, just figuring these things out before the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. How's how's the style of play different in Charlotte? Um,
0: I mean, we've we've come to learn a lot about what what a Bob Lilly team looks like and what a Riverhounds team looks like, and obviously, you played a big role in that. Um, wh- how how is it different in Charlotte, and and what's it like to adjust to the season, uh, adjust to the system, uh, season to yeah. season?
2: um it's similar and it's different so i mean with all this quality here and these guys come from different experiences everyone likes to play and we love to play so from the g- goal kicks on you know you have a lot of options yeah we might play through pressure unlike pit a little bit you know bob's better safe than sorry but that's perfectly fine but then again when i say it's similar in the sense where jim is like don't mess around with it in the back just like bob like because a lot of these couple i don't know if you guys seen a couple of the games we've lost there's been turnovers in the midfield the counter and it's a goal so jim's been emphasizing if you got to go long, go long, just like Bob in that sense, because it's better safe than sorry. And at the end of the day, we've been hurting ourselves, so that's where it's similar in a sense. But the difference is playing-wise. Sometimes we sit back a little bit. Sometimes we press. Now we're playing with three in the back. Now these past couple games, so we're adjusting to a new uh, formation and style as well. But just like Jim loves the press, we love the—he loves the press as well. He loves the intensity. He loves to get after things. But more—it's more so just now breaking lines, playing just playing the game of soccer. Now Jim really likes to play and. All these guys love to play with the ball to their feet as well. So just adjusting in a sense where you're switching your mindset from playing direct ball to now just finding balls in between spaces and the gaps.
0: Has that encouraged you at all to be a bit more adventurous going forward? I mean, I, I know like, you know, in the past you and Toby and specifically like always talk about scoring goals and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like, are, are you, is this system encourage you now a little more to to you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say be more courageous, but give you the opportunity to to kind of break the lines yourself and step into midfield and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. And they encourage I mean I remember one play here in preseason, I got intercepted the ball from the back and I broke through the lines and played a good ball and you know kind of ran into the box. And Jim from that point on in February it was like, I want you to do that every time. So even sometimes he wants me to he no he wants you to take your space to commit a defender and then dish it off rather than just dishing it off without taking your space. So I, especially now we've been playing a little more with three in the back sometimes like with some cover behind me. And he wants us to take all the space. And all the, and not just him, all the guys around me, which is kind of the difference as well, too. Like, every single player is showing for the ball into spaces, so I feel like that I'm having multiple options instead of just, like, a one-pass option to my right back, and then that's it. I did my job. But now, like, I have more of a role, and they want me. And these guys are yelling at me and screaming at me to be adventurous and take your space and find <laughs> me. So... Yeah, I've had to come out my umbrella a little bit, you know, and just find my role. But it's been fun. It's a good challenge.
1: You know, speaking of uh, Toby, uh, he has a goal. And uh, now after this Open Cup, <laughs> you have a goal, too. So you're both even again here. Uh, you know, a- any words for him or uh, you know, how that's going, the competition between you two?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's been going great. We've been going back at it since all season and you know, you know, when he scored, he sent me a text message and, <laughs> and the DM of the goal. And so I did the same thing as soon as I scored, but it's all low. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. He, since I won the bet last year, he's taking me out to dinner this Friday or well, I think he's cooking for me. So either way, either way I'm getting some food, but yeah, it's been a fun little <laughs> challenge that we've had going on It pushes us for the rest of the season.
1: So, uh, changing gears a little bit, let's talk about the podcast, uh, Backyard Footy. It's been awesome watching watch this podcast, like, change the way you've been doing it, and now you're doing a lot of live recordings. Like, what's it like having an audience and, like, having that immediate feedback from the people?
2: Yeah, it's been different, especially with these cameras now, too. I feel like the cameras kind of changed my perspective and kind of changed the game for me. Even... know, Now, I'm the one who's editing those videos on YouTube every time, so now just understanding how to edit videos as well has been fun. But to have an audience now to respond, I mean, the feedback's been tremendous. It helps me, and that's why I feel like I've been growing weekly pretty much. I'm learning from you guys, learning from other podcasts as well just based off the feedback. And to have Jax here now is already part of the BGN. They've been very supportive. We're supposed to do a one year anniversary, but we're gonna do that in a couple of weeks. But you know, from there, I contact them, they're more than willing to help me out. And so it's been nice to have an audience and have a little feedback now. It's just crazy to think, a year ago, I was just sitting on my couch, a little over a year ago, just sitting on my couch and (laughs) decided to do that. And you guys paved the way for me. I can't thank you guys enough for what you guys did for me from the get go, and now that's kind of what got me here. So I'm looking forward to what this rest of the year is in store. Well, that's Mike. We, we we would like to take credit for that, but <laughs> Josh and I do very
0: very little. Everyone out there, that's that's all, Mike. Um, going back to Charlotte for a little bit. Uh, so you as a team have scored twelve goals so far this season. Uh, Dom Adoro, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He's got five goals so far this season. Uh, you go up against him in practice. You know, I, I'll ask, how do you stop like how do you stop him in practice and all that kind of stuff? But I guess maybe even the deeper question is you know going you know to to have a competitive kind of practice atmosphere where you're going up against you know attackers who are in form or just you know generally good attackers and in general i mean surely that has to kind of raise your game and and kind of vice versa you raise his game by by defending well and practicing all that kind of stuff can you maybe talk a little bit about that kind of yeah that that practice experience going up against good players week in week out
2: yeah, it's been a game-changer. I mean, even guys that we just got in with this past month, like Zion and Nikki. Zion just came from Shotgun. Nikki came from Colorado Rapids. And another midfielder named Miggy. Like, the quality here is is crazy. A lot of these European guys as well. Like, that's what I'm saying Where my game has to be raised. I, I wouldn't be on the field if I didn't raise my game because these guys demand the best out of you. And just to go against Dom, and Dom, he's a very humble person as well, which has helped me in my game where he's coaching me. I feel like, Hugh, I want you to be on me. I hate that. Do this, do that. Like, I want you to do that. So, I mean, we've had a lot of battles. And, of course, like, I've shut him down a good amount of practice. He's scored against <laughs> me a good amount of practice. But I've learned, and I, I'm a player that likes to adjust. So those days early on he have gotten me a uh, foot ahead of me one or two times, I've adjusted. So now it's been a good battle back and forth. But just, like I said, quality all over, not just from him, but from a bunch of players, even defensively. Like This is my sixth year, and I thought I was a decent defender, but going against these guys sometimes in practice, like, when Zion first came, he did a nice little move and got me with his first touch. I was like, oh, all right, like, wow. <laughs> but I adjusted. And, yeah, I mean, you got to be on your toes every practice, which I love, though, and it's brought my game even more so to the next level, and I'm excited to be here. I mean, I, I, I want to – and, you know, you don't have to answer this in depth if
0: you, know, if you don't want to, but selfishly, as a, as a Hounds fan, I'm just really curious because now you've experienced, obviously, both of these systems, both of these camps, both of these clubs. What is, what is the level – like now i mean reminiscing about your, your pittsburgh practice days um are we are we talking just not necessarily better or worse in charlotte but just different or i mean you know hearing you kind of waxing <laughs> lyrical about those practices i'm like ooh, that sounds that sounds it's, nice i hope i hope that's happening in the hounds in the hounds camp
2: it's just different in a sense where let's say bob has like to have like 26 guys where we only have like 16 guys and so there's, you're under a smaller microscope and all the coaches are watching you. And then, like I said, like, I'm still one of the youngest players here with the least experience. So every single guy, I mean, you know, like, again, Pittsburgh has a big roster. So the last seven are pretty young guys and they're, they're still new. And sometimes when you're playing possession drills, like, the level might go down a little bit. And then the other older guy, you know, like Kenny, per se, or Kevin, last year's Zemansky. Like, you had a handful of players like that, but from top to bottom, just consistently it's just with the big squad is different, but with this guys, like I said, like they they want you to play one or two touch. Like you have to do this, or they're yelling at you. They're on top of you. Where just in Pittsburgh, the younger guys aren't really going to say anything. But Zion, who's 18 years old, he will yell at yell in the middle of the practice. Like this practice is crap. This practice is horrible. like this is <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's kind that experience, so we all know. Like all right, well he knows what he's talking about. We're not going to disrespect this young boy, but. For a young person who's 18 years old to feel his his rights and his ways to be able to say something just goes a long way. Even Kurt is our goalkeeper for Man City. Like, he's bossing yeah he, as he should as a goalkeeper. But he's just been since he came here been bossing everybody around. So just everybody from the youngest player on the team to the oldest player on the team demanding the most out of you, telling you one or two touches. You know the spacing, the and then just the quality of it. Yeah, I mean it's just little in that sense. I'm not saying like the quality is like here or anything. It's just right. like practices and the drills a little bit and the, the players just demanding the most out of you
0: i mean i'll, I'll kind of keep going along that line of, mm-hmm. of questioning with that i mean like hearing you talk about it, it seems like that you know what we we're saying is there's a lot of like strong personality and a lot of strong characters and a lot of leaders in and charlotte i mean is that does that even make it maybe more difficult for you like how how do you personally respond to that kind of stuff is it something where you might feel a little less willing to shout out at another player that like does something wrong or like how how do you mentally deal with that
2: i feel like i've always been a coachable person and there's like again as you said like, there's a lot of strong personalities so there's a lot of coaches and that's been also been hurting us as well because everyone's on a different page and you know <clears throat> we've been have we haven't had good results either so of course there's frustration of course people are sharing their own experiences so with a lot of different personalities everybody has something to say for me personally, I'm a coachable person, so I listen to everybody. And you know, guys, of course, they're not saying not everyone says the right thing, but I'm just I just give them a head nod or, su- or such, and just we move on. But everyone's humble enough where we all can talk to each other, and I just feel like I'm in a position where now with six years under my belt and with some you know respect in this league, like they have also been listening listening to me as well. So it's good and it's bad, but with all these strong personalities and now that you know we're starting to gel a little bit and getting some pretty decent results on the road, like we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and everyone's been on board and the same page. So it's been nice. I mean, a lot of personalities, yes, it can hurt, but it's been good where everyone's still vocal and we're just like an open table pretty much.
0: Right. I mean, so switching focus to the game just- coming up against the Hounds. Um, I'm sure if you guys haven't already, you guys are going to be going over tape or for, for preparation and watching some of the Hounds games. But I'm, I'm wondering just casually as a fan have you have you been able to catch any of the hounds games do you have what's your perspective of the hound season so far we we talk about it every week what's what's your quick <laughs> perception of, of how think, the hounds are doing
2: i think uh they're just off to a slow start like us i mean some results i've been i'm on every single game I don't, I don't watch every single game i've watched probably out of like the 11 like at least five but i watch every single highlights as well so i see the goals for and against and i mean a lot of it's kind of just been like us like the unlucky bounces or like the last minute goal that you guys normally don't give up, but it's like our block and the guy blasts into the goal. It's just like, ah, you're on the wrong side of the ball per se. And you know, and I'm still kind of surprised you guys only have two wins because I feel that you guys should have at least four or five. I I looked at, I literally just looked this morning like, oh wow, the Hounds only have two wins. I thought they had five because just because of the results, but you should see our passing accuracy stats. (laughs) (laughs) I harp about it
0: every week. Um, but yeah, so I guess uh, if you can give us a little bit of a spy intel, who should we look out for uh, against Charlotte th- uh, this this weekend? Who, who's impre- Who's Who's impressive there? I think you've
2: already talked about it, but who, who should we keep an eye out for Charlotte? Uh, well, I mean, you guys talked about Dom. He's on a, he's on a good form right now, you know, form as a forward and as a striker goes a long way right now. Um, also Zion I mean he just got his second start against Nashville. His first USL start but and he's starting to get his fitness He was dealing with a calf injury but he's a good young player to look out for and that's one not one of the first young players but one of the young players that I would say like US soccer is in good hands when I look at him so he's a he's an exciting electric player to look out for and also I mean you guys know Enzo as well Enzo of course he's a phenomenal player he's now just coming to his stride as well so when he gets going he's like a heartbeat of the team so You know, Enzo, of course, with his quality is always someone to look out for.
0: And I'm not going to push you for a score prediction because I feel like that'd be like illegal somehow. (laughs) Um, But but I will ask you, I guess, how confident um, are you personally and as a team coming into this game? Um, And then I guess also two questions. Um, Do you you as a team have any kind of goals set for the end of the season? Um, Are you guys looking for you know, top of the East, what, you know, What have you guys, do you guys talk about that or are you just taking game by game right now?
2: Right. Um, I mean, Jim, from the jump, we talk about championship. The mindset still right now has been championship. You know, you shoot for the stars, you reach the moon, that's still okay. But we know no matter what this season has been going so far, yes, it's been must and it's been so frustrating, but there's a lot of quality on this team and everybody is so optimistic. It, it's kind of just mind-blowing how optimistic a team would be when you only won one game, but everybody – it's still on board. We're still fighting. We still have multiple player meetings, team film sessions and stuff. So the mindset is minimum playoffs, but at least the championship. Like we're, Everyone's on board for a championship because we know we have this quality to do this. Um, what was the second part of the question? Sorry.
0: Well, so, yeah, you got the second part and that was a great answer. Um, but, yeah, I guess going into that end of the game this weekend against the Hounds, I, what's your confidence level? You know, score predictions out the window. Don't worry about that. But how how, how confident are, are you feeling in, in this game?
2: yeah, I'm pretty confident. I mean, not surprising me, but we've been doing pretty well on the road in comparison to our home games. I wouldn't say we switch in formation of styles or anything, but just on the road, we seem to be more a, a two and paid we're very focused and paying attention to details. Um, I feel confident about it. I mean, it's two teams that really need a victory in general, not just a draw, but just a victory so we can get you know, on the road for both of us. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be a good battle because, you know, you guys need it. We need this and We've been all right on the road. So, you know, it should be a very good game. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I mean, but have you told them about the Steel Army and like (laughs) Highmark?
2: I haven't warned them yet. I want them to get the full experience.
0: Actually, Josh, I'm really curious. I mean, how do you think, uh, how do you think? Well, I, Josh and, and Hugh, I mean, how do you think the reception is going to be for Hugh? I mean, I can't imagine it'd be anything oh, yeah. welcoming. <laughs> Everyone loves you. Yeah.
1: Everyone loves you. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's always fun when a, an ex-player comes uh, back to the stadium w- during warm-ups, because since uh, y'all usually warm up
2: yeah, right in front of the crazy.
1: Steel Army. There's usually some, you know, extra clapping and, like,
2: yeah. and pretty much yeah. razzing the, <laughs> the whole time. I will come up to everybody in Steel's Army this weekend and I look forward to see everybody there. So and then you guys have that new stand Yeah, it was there for playoffs, but just to see you when I, mean, I watch you guys your home games, it looks phenomenal now because oh, of the new extra seats. So I look forward to seeing everybody. So best believe I'll come say hello to everybody.
0: <laughs> awesome. You thank you so much for talking to us. We'd really love having you. Um everyone, be sure to go check out Hugh on Twitter at Hugh Rob13. And of course, wonderful podcast you do at Backyard Footy. Good luck this weekend, but not that much luck. Uh, Hugh, thanks for coming up.
2: <laughs> of course, thanks for having me. I see you guys this weekend. Look forward to it. All right, later, man. Great having Hugh on the show. Uh,
0: a lot of really good information. I love
1: talking to Hugh. He's awesome. I can't wait to see him uh, this weekend, even if it is I'll have for the other team, and that sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I keep. I mean, like the the Twitter feed of I, I follow Backyard Footy on Twitter, and uh, yeah, that car cam. For like the live recording stuff. That's like.
1: Yeah, I think that was his last episode. That was really cool. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to turn the camera on, flip it around. And like, I don't know if they're like driving to practice or what. It was just like, hey, (laughs) two players in the car talking about soccer. That was pretty sweet.
0: Mike, how about you get on that? How about you uh, try to figure that out for Mongols in some way? I don't know. How's My, that I'm, work I'm, with I'm, you
1: being in a different state?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, not me. That's what, I'm I'm removing myself of all responsibility. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get like Mike does everything. So let's just give it to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the uh, the non-existent Memphis game that we uh. lost one nil. It felt like. Um,
1: We'd won 1-0.
0: That was the point. Yes. Okay, we lost. I see what you're saying. We lost
1: a 1-0 lead uh, because of the the stupid weather.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, as a recap, um, the Hounds go up 1-0, halftime comes, and then lightning happens. And uh, instead of making the decision, I guess before we even talk about the details of the game, let's talk about the quote unquote drama surrounding the game i.e it being canceled but instead of it being rescheduled so we just have another half to play they're canceling the entire game scrapping the goal erasing it from history and saying all right nope we're going to start again we'll do a full 90 minute game and uh you know we'll go from there i don't think the game has been officially rescheduled yet um but they will reschedule it um initial like comments about it is, yeah it's frustrating as crap i mean you know we score a goal that's not going to count. We have to make another trip down to Memphis, which is kind of annoying. And, uh, you know, I I don't know if, if the situation is flipped for us, then we would feel happy about the scenario. But it, it feels like there's some kind of injustice being going on here.
1: Yeah, so last year the rule was different. Um, one thing that changed was it used to be forty-five minutes played was a full. Like if it got canceled after forty-five minutes, uh, it, it could be considered a full game. Uh, now it's seventy minutes. So seventy minutes of a game has to be played out before they consider it a a they can call the game and be like that's the result that, that you get. Um, also, what changed was. The fact that you can't just pick up a game where it left off on another day. They did that last year, actually. I believe it was Cincy versus Louisville. Uh, there was a game that got canceled, uh, I think, after like the 30th minute, 35th minute. Um, and I believe Louis was up one nothing, And then they went back and did the rest of that game on a different day. Like I think it was like a week later. Uh, and they just picked up where they left off, uh, including stoppage time and everything. Uh, They decided they didn't want to do that anymore. So over this offseason, apparently, uh, they changed the rules to be once, if if a game doesn't get played to that 70th minute mark, you have to replay the entire game and everything gets wiped out. Uh, Yeah, like imagine if it was 69th minute and a game got canceled Uh, and be like, hey, guess what? Even though you just played almost, you know, a full game, uh, we have to redo the entire thing. It's so stupid. So annoying. like
0: Imagine if we smashed them like 6 0 in the first half.
1: <coughs> like, to, to, to have to turn around and say, like,
0: nope. I don't know. I mean, like, how, I mean, I guess, A, first of all, like, was this rule change obvious? How did we miss this? This, this feels very sneaky from the USL. Like, they need yeah. to be informed all fan podcasts about this kind of stuff so <coughs> we know uh, going in. But, but yeah, it was, I don't, I don't know. It, it feels, it feels weird. I mean, look, on the flip side of it, I get it like to ask players to get warmed up for like a new 45 and you're just playing 45 and all that kind of stuff it doesn't make a ton of sense um <coughs> but on the flip side it is weird to have a
1: goal race from history right it does and I, it brings up other questions like for example if a uh, player were to get a red card uh, does that get rescinded? Like it, that seems like it shouldn't get rescinded. Like yeah, that a, that seems pretty bad. But yeah. if the negative doesn't get rescinded, but the positive does, that also seems bad because now Veleski has a goal in league play that doesn't count towards his stats. Like that that goal got wiped out of his stats, so he no longer gets that as any credit, even though it happened in league play against a regular team. Like there's no reason why that shouldn't count, uh, but it doesn't now so it's it's kind of ridiculous i don't know i guess from a business standpoint if i'm just looking at the business i'm not looking at you know any respect for the game at all just for the business side of it <laughs> um, which you know like league owners probably yeah, do like a lot. to be fair like how are you going to sell tickets to a game that is only 45 minutes long like let's say if that this situation right you know, like they have to re- uh, make up the rest of this game they can't charge the ticket like they had to refund the ticket prices to everyone right. So uh, anyone who went to this game got their tickets refunded. Uh, so now they're out those ticket prices, and now they have to make up the rest of this game. They're not going to sell tickets to a forty-five minute, you know, game. And they could always sell the people who they refunded the tickets that they can come to the rest of this game next week or whatever. But yeah. they're they're not going to do that. Um, granted, they they still made their concession stand money the right. first half. Um, and then, if anyone were to come to this second half, like even if they just made it free, they could still sell concessions. So that helps some. But yeah, you're not, you can't market a half a game. So yeah. that kind of makes sense, I guess. But at the same I, time, it's like, yeah, who cares?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, so you make a good point there from the business aspect of things. And I'm not, I'm obviously, I'm not suggesting that, like, that's your opinion on the entire situation. But I think on the flip side is, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but my gut tells me, like, the USL as a whole probably doesn't need to worry about a one-off game where they actually prioritize fan experience over profit margins or whatever like that. I don't yeah. know. Like, I think an an easy solution to this is saying, you know, if you did want to do, fine, we're just playing another 45. You know, just open it up, free tickets, come and watch, you know, and, oh, here's a little hat or something or a little sticker. I mean, <laughs> it, I think it goes a long way. I mean, we, we, we've we seen it in examples in, in the past. I think when you start, ignoring isn't the right word, but it, when you stop kind of prioritizing fan experience and, and you know, making it easy for fans to enjoy, fine, if we we're going to talk about it in business terms, your product i.e., you know, the game being on the field, I think it starts going down kind of a, a shady road and, uh, and, you know, you won't always have the fan backing and the ruckus atmosphere that you might dream of. And, you know, we, we've talked about in the past, we've, specifically with the Heimark atmosphere. I mean, it, it, it makes for a better product. If, if, you're, if you're the USL chairman, you know, watching a USL game in a full stadium where the fans are excited and all that kind of stuff, it's obviously so much better for the league as a whole. Um, And so, I mean, do what you can when you can to try to make sure that that happens and you prioritize fan experiences. So I don't think it's a stretch to say, you know, look, yeah, we know we're going to take maybe a financial hit on this in in the short run, but we can kind of, you know, do something nice for the fans. Let's play another 45, make it free, invite everyone in. I don't know. I think there's things to do, but, I don't know. It's not the
1: world we live in, I guess. But uh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it sucks. I and mean, I I think it's BS, personally. I don't see why they can't just continue off of that 45 minutes, even if it's a closed scrimmage. Like, not scrimmage, obviously, but like a closed right. match. Like, you know, they don't sell tickets to it. They treat like a USL, uh, you know, first-round Open Cup game where they pretty much give away the tickets, uh, just right. to get people in the door. Um, but... Yeah, it is what it is, and at least I know that this is a rule that is being affected by everyone, not just like it wasn't. It felt like a you know a surprise, but this has already happened once this season. It just it was against uh, Red Bulls two uh, and Birmingham Legion FC, so no one cared. Uh, So so yeah, it's already happened once this season. Uh, So we weren't the first ones to be bit by this. Uh, It just sucks that it happened, especially when we were ahead. Especially when the stadium was... I mean, there was already a delay on this game before it started. There was a weather delay. And even after that delay, the stadium was full. Like, it looked really good. And I was impressed at how many people stuck around after that weather delay. Right. Uh, so, yeah. It just sucks that I had to get canceled. And, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Well, here's the hope in the stadium gets full again for the second round of this game. And uh, here's the hope and that it's not like midsummer in Memphis in like 95 uh, degree heat. Because... Yeah. Uh,
1: I can tell you right now, Tennessee summers are not fun. I wonder if um, it covers the travel costs, like so. Then now the hounds have to pay to get you know, point, travel right? down to Memphis again. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not Memphis's I, fault, but at the same time, it's not the hounds' fault. So
0: right, and this is like bad on air admin. But like, do you know like has I wonder if if the hounds or Memphis as a club and as an organization released any kind of official statements on there positions on this i mean what can they say like there's a rule, like and and you kind of have to follow it but i just i'd be curious i mean
1: the reason why we know that the game's getting replayed is because memphis tweeted out like tonight's game has been postponed uh they said it'll be rescheduled for a uh, replay in its entire entirety at a later date and that they would do ticket exchanges for any game so like if you had tickets for this game you can get that reimbursed for another game in the season doesn't have to be another game against the hounds right um yeah so uh, that's the only thing that kind of tipped us off and then after that we kind of like just badgered uh, <laughs> uh everything uh i think the steel army tweeted at usl championship and and there was like a reddit post and all this other did stuff. The, did the steel army get any like official response i wonder um actually from our uh this is a coach uh i just forgot uh his name which i feel terrible for uh, but, yeah, he let us know that it was a rule change. Uh, Visser, right? I think that's the name. Visser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he let us know that there was a rule change uh, this year. Uh, and then I I had asked a follow-up, like, hey, is that written somewhere? Like, can can we see it? And I didn't get a response, but I don't expect him to, you know, dig up a link for me. So I <laughs> wasn't surprised that he didn't respond to that part. But, yeah. So here's my hope
0: is let's, I don't know, like, USL, let's be sensible about sensible about this. Um, we play Nashville away later in the season. Like, I don't know, right? It makes sense. Like, okay, so we play Nashville uh, I, presumably on a weekend. I
1: don't know when. It'll probably be a midweek game. I bet you it's not even a weekend. I bet you it's like a doubleheader midweek game.
0: But, yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. It's like we, we make the drive down to Nashville, and, oh, look. I like, at that point, it'd be like, yeah, two days later. You play Memphis, and then you can drive back up. I don't know, make it easy on us. Please, USL, please, please make it easy on us. Um, <sighs> yeah. Talking about the details a bit of the game, or the lack thereof. Um, I mean, you've already mentioned, yeah, Valeski got the the non-goal. Um, Veleski started up front um, with Dos Santos, Forbes, Mertz got the start. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kerr, and then James, Adewale, Vanky, Greenspan, and Dover. And our new goalkeeper, Pack got the start as well. I mean, it's a pretty strong lineup. I mean, obviously the big thing to talk about is is, is Mertz uh, getting the start. Um, yeah, I mean, that's exciting, right? We, we called for that. We, we were hoping for that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, the hometown kid getting the start and seeing him make his way into the starting lineup of this team. Uh, we expected it for the Open Cup because it's an Open Cup game. So you kind of start your, you know, your second s- string Players, but to see Mertz actually get the start for this game, pretty cool. I do think a couple people are injured, so maybe that had something to do with it. But um, I, I I personally think the bigger deal is the fact that Pack got the start because you know that's a situation where we thought Pack was going to be our third string keeper, and here he is starting over top of uh, Morton. Uh, Now we know that Lungard still hurts, so that's not why. uh, You know, it's not like saying that Lungard is now relegated down to second string or third string yeah but uh but yeah the fact that pack was able to get the start i don't know if that is going to be something that we see more often if it's just because that he showed you know that that grit during the open cup game so he got the start over morton or if it's you know going to be a rotation thing like we saw before where for the first couple games he's going to be rotated in and out and then lily's going to make the decision on who should be the main keeper
0: it's going to be really weird if that's the case. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll I mean, especially because, what, as, as bad as Morton has been doing, you know, Lily keeps kind of going to the well with him. Like, you know, he's. Morton has had bad games. Yes, and then There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and, and he'll still get a start. Like, I, I, I. What? I think that happened at least once where he had a bad game and he played him again the next week, even when Lungard wasn't hurt. Um, so. Yeah, to kind of sign Pack and then come in and play him twice in the Open Cup game, and I mean, I have to admit, I I did love his uh snidiness in the pen that we talked about previously. <laughs> like it was great. Um, is there a
1: height difference? There, ha- Morton seems bigger. I think Morton is bigger, and honestly, I other than Pac's attitude, as far as like his you know his presence in the box, I don't know if I would say I have felt all that comfortable with him, despite that, because he he had. You know, a non-save for the the PK, it, it went wide, so you didn't have to actually have to save it. So <laughs> that's one thing. Um, but he he had a couple of good saves in this game, uh, the first half, and then I, I, I do know a lot of people um, uh, were talking about him kind of being a roamer uh, outside the box, like mm-hmm. not not being afraid to to leave the comfort of the box. Uh, during the game and that kind of gets some people on edge you you know that whole sweeper keeper type mentality isn't usually you know something that you see at this level successfully done because it is dangerous right
0: yeah i guess uh, getting away from the goalkeepers a little bit i i did think how i mean kind of pulling the context of this game along with um the open cup game to me it showed Lily's commitment to the system. I think once again in the Open Cup game he plays whatever you want to call it, either a 3 center back system or a back 5 um, when the fullbacks kind of drop in drop in there with Vonky Zio in the middle does it a game and does it again in the game against Memphis um, I just yeah, if there was a game to go to a back 4 and maybe push Funky Zio higher up the field, it was in the Open Cup game he didn't do that. We see the same system rolled out here again, so I don't know. I I, I think we can we can we can start getting used to this. I, I'm getting to the point where I'm I'd be a little surprised uh, if we if we saw something other than you know Vonky Vankezel Greenspan in the back. And sure, Vankezel has a little bit more like leeway to kind of step out and and do a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, at this point, it's, it's it's not even worth talking about whether this is good or bad. It feels like this is kind of where we're at. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. I get the sneaking suspicion that maybe even Funky Ezio could be better deployed elsewhere. Because, um, what, even last season, he didn't play the majority as a center back, did he?
1: No, no. And Here's the problem, though. Like, yeah, he might be better in a different position. But is the team better having yeah. him in that position than someone else not playing in that position? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a situation where, yeah, he he's more versatile than some other players. So it sucks that he might be playing out of position or not his best strongest position, but no one else can play <laughs> right. the other position. So
0: after being injured for a good portion of the beginning of the season, what Veleski gets a start here, it, it seems like he's been getting more, more and more activity now that he's injury free. Are you happy with that? Do you want to see more of Veleski?
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've liked what I've seen of Veleski a lot. And, uh, it is unfortunate, I, I still wish uh, Nico was getting goals from run of play, but so far he has not been. He got one at the Open Cup game, and that's right. pretty much it, so it sucks, but at the same time, Veleski is performing, and he, he got that header. That header was great. It sucks right. that it doesn't count. <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh Valesky. Um yeah no, in like in the Open Cup game, I mean what? they technically Brett got two, but one was a pen. Yeah, yeah was, t- look to be honest, I, th- I actually thought it was kind of a soft pen, but like I'm I'm not I'm not like look I I praise Nico even more to to like do what you need to do to to get a goal for the Hounds, um, but I thought Nico's second goal in the Open Cup game was a kind of classic Nico goal. Yeah, um, I thought you know you know Velarde drove the defense, laid it off. You know Nico takes one touch and just you know, puts his foot through it and tries to get as much power as he can and just, you know, puts it past the keeper. And I thought, you know, that's I think it's one of his best traits is Nico's a really good finisher. I think he just needs to get in the positions to finish more often. Um, And I just don't know how we do that. What I think it's including cup games, what I think that's four goals on the season now for Nico and three of them are pens. Um, That's just, (laughs) it's a little weird. Like I get it when that's your captain midfielder who takes all the penalties for you. Um, but when he when he's your striker, who last season scored what, fifteen goals, um, uh, you know, it's hey, not, good, it's not a good look. Yeah, if he, if he but watch, he'll end the season on fifteen goals with like
1: fourteen pens. And I like, hope be so. like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how he gets the goals; I just hope he gets goals. And it, it just sucks not seeing him from the run of play. Um, and I, it shouldn't be again, say USL League Two team that he does get it in the uh, run of play. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not what you want to see so it's just disappointing
0: yeah did you kind of wrapping up the memphis discussion here do you think you've seen no look obviously a lot's going to change the season changes teams as it progresses hopefully we become a better team memphis probably becomes a better team but i think in this 45 minutes did you see enough where you were like no like i feel confident going back and and getting a result there like did, did memphis scare you at all
1: I mean, they did look like they were, you know, knocking on the door for a goal there for a little bit. I do think that we're, it's not going to be a 1-0 game that went, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. feel like this was 1-0. I, I felt like it had to be more goals from both sides because, it, yeah, I can't see us holding them to zero, at least to that game. Things might change. I don't know when we're going to play them again. I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later because it kind of makes sense. Not to, you know, postpone this too much. Just get it done with. Uh, I hate the fact that we just had a bye week and now we we have uh, a game that didn't count. So it's 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 getting to that point where it's like, man, we're really falling behind on games played here compared to other, other teams. So I, I want to see the the team get the games in because then we're on parity as far as you know experience uh, for the season. Right. I, I don't like playing from behind.
0: I mean, it's going to make looking at that table after 10 games even worse when we're on 10 games played and everyone else is on, like, 13. It's going yeah, to exactly. It means nothing at that point. You can't look at the
1: table, and then it's like, oh, okay. I another reason not to look at the table. I mean, I think the one thing, though, if we do have a lot of games
0: coming up at the end of the season, do you think we have the squad to deal with it? I'm starting to think we kind of do. I mean, if, yeah. if, if, we, if we want to just look at – if we want to play, like, one striker – then we could t- we t- we can technically say, okay, Veleski can play that, DeSantis can play that, and Brett can play that. So we have we have three reasonable players that can all do, you know, good jobs in those positions. I feel like our midfield is getting bigger and bigger now with Mertz getting more more play. James, uh, Ryan James can come in the midfield if we need to, you know, Kerr, Forbes, Fonky Zio can play there if, if we want, uh, Sammy Kasai. Um, I feel like we're you know we're okay in midfield. I think the only place that I'm a little worried about squad depth is de- at defense. Um, but yeah, it feels like we we actually have a squad that we can we can use when games start stacking up
1: yeah and also i kind of when i think of game stacking up uh defense i can see playing two times in a week uh being more of a thing it's really the offense that you worry about tired legs with so i i feel comfortable in the fact that we do have a lot of options in our offense ironically enough since we're not winning games you would think it would be the offense situation but i do think we have enough players to actually you know get the job done and if they start clicking like i feel like we're starting to with lesky and velarde and uh maybe not brett yet but hopefully here soon with uh run play goals uh it, yeah we we have what it would take to keep that going if need be i think that's
0: enough on memphis for now until next time thanks to our sponsor golden Go Gold press the best choice for you to get your custom shirts hats mugs and other items for just yourself or your organization check out their products excluding scarves, at goldengoldpress.com. And speaking of scarves, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com to hear all of the shows that we put out, including the preview shows and the post-game full 90. There you can also click over to the store and get yourself some sweet merch, like a Mongols hat victory beverage mug and a lily ball shirt and as always let us know what you thought about the show on twitter at mongols and email us at mongols at bgn.fm thanks everybody we will talk to you very very soon